Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, it's Simon here again from Sterling Coaching with today's Business and Success Coffee uh, podcast. Today I'm joined by Donna Still and Donna, according to her LinkedIn profile, says that she helps people reclaim their personal power. She is the diamond detective, which I want to ask more about when we get started. A renowned speaker, poet, consultant, conscious breath facilitator, Uh, and also a fellow member of BNI, which is where we sort of uh, had this introduction, haven't we, through through BNI. Welcome to today's podcast, Donna. Good to have you here. It's amazing to be here. Thank you for allowing me to come on. Tell us a little bit about how you came to be the Diamond Detective then, and a little bit more about that intriguing title. Mm. It is interesting because I had spent some years as a painter and decorator and interior designer and um, came to to education quite late. When I was at school, I hated education and didn't really get any qualifications to speak of until after I'd left school and had four kids. So um, I ended up doing an evening class and one of the tutors said, about doing, um, I had a Chelsea style degree, like, and I was like, no, people like me don't do that. So anyway, I ended up going to um, Chelsea College of Art, doing a, a degree in interior and spatial design, and realised that actually I had more to me than I realised. Yeah, yeah. Until that point, I didn't, I thought I was just like, stupid or not very bright. <laughs> Right, okay. And um, because that was the overriding story of my life up until that yeah, point. Yeah. And um, so I did this degree. I got so bitten by the learning bug that I followed that with a master's in architecture and interior design, which I did part time because wow. I carried on developing my design business. And in 2010, I actually made the conscious choice to close down the um, design business and focus solely on coaching and business development activities because when I first started painting and decorating I couldn't ask for the money I'd like be I'd do the work I couldn't ask people to pay me for the work really yeah I was like okay it was interesting you know like that's interesting to have a business like that isn't it (laughs) yeah well it's yeah it's not good it's not good business practice, is it? Not to ask people. No, no. But it's actually surprising, even now, how many people I come across that are scared of asking for the money. You know, they do the work, but Very they. True. Yeah, but anyway, I um I went and did an NLP course. So this was like early nineties. Did yeah. an NLP course and um went on this whole coaching, learning how to coach and stuff like that, mainly because never because I wanted to use it as a practice only because I wanted to you know become a better business person that's why I did all those things and I was able to then ask for the money and not be scared yeah yeah. 
I used to have this real physical reaction where my throat would dry and I'd start coughing, I'd break out in a sweat just because money was raised. So I knew that there was lots of issues in all that. And because I'd been on this over the years, been on this journey of understanding how I worked, I realised that there was an essence in everybody that maybe we can't see ourselves, but other people can. Yeah. And you know, fortunately for me, I was able to meet this teacher, Thomas, who's still yeah. teaching today, right. um, who right. saw something in me that I couldn't see myself. And really, you know, she literally locked the door one night. She filled out the application form for the university and locked the door and wouldn't let me out until I'd signed it. Wow. And, I, and I did everything in my power to sabotage that process, everything. So that's where the detective part of it comes and it's looking at what what is inside of other people that they yeah. can't see themselves. Yeah, so it's all, you know, like, so the diamond aspect is like, it doesn't matter what experience that we've had in our life. There is a core. We've got this core essence that is perfect, that is, you know, that is amazing, that is unbreakable, unshakable, but yeah. we have to uncover it, you know, like, yeah. and that's another aspect of the detective process you know it's very much about um you know removing all the layers yeah and it's, it's interesting you said that and listeners i'm sure you've picked up on this as well as as donald just said that yeah you think about some of the great detective novels or the films or the tv series and wouldn't it be so boring if at the beginning the person just went out solved the crime and said they are done i've worked out who's done it and even those that do do that, because there are some that do tell you at the beginning who did it, but then they unravel, don't they? They lip, rip off those layers of discovery of yeah. how it was done. Uh, and, yeah, they go through different levels of exposure, don't they? So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, and yeah. I, I, love, I love the way you've used that to compare that to what you do now through the coaching. Mm. And so I focus fully on the breath work. Right. And, and that's how I help people to reclaim their personal power. So, yeah. you know, and to reclaim that essence, the, the radiance that they are, you know, like, and, and I hate flowery language. Yep. Really, it, like, with a passion, which yep. was another reason for going down the, the diamond detective route, because for me, there was less flowery, you know, like, sometimes, you know, like, if you're focusing on spiritual aspects of a person, which is essentially what I'm doing is, is helping people to reclaim that part of themselves yeah. that is connected to everything that is part of, you know, all that is. And, and it's, it's a big thing, you know, like, and a lot of people have grown up in, you know, in a society and a culture that expects them to look outside for authority. Yeah. yeah and yeah, many, many of the listeners will know from previous podcasts, you know, that, you know, I've got a story that I shared before about, you know, a teacher who, you know, set me off on the same journey, but not purposefully like yours did. And, uh, you know, I take my hat off to that person. You know, this one was the opposite. You know, they were so horrible and so um, sort of diminishing in what I could achieve that I thought enough's enough. I'm not going to do that. And you know, I'm going to be a better person than you think I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must thank that, that teacher at some point, as, as somebody mentioned before. But it's it's interesting that what you're saying there about the breath, because you know, I do 15 minutes of gratitude every morning, and one of it is about moving and breathing. Just before we go on to the, the talks about 
BNI and green tea and water. What do you mean by the, the breath? So I teach. So first of all, the, our breath is an amazing healer. And every breath that we take is an opportunity to cleanse. Every, every breath we take in is an opportunity for our body to cleanse itself. And every breath out is an opportunity to release. Okay. So um, I teach a very, um, shim- I, well, I work shamanically and I, mm-hmm. and I teach a specific process, like a breath breathing technique. And I combine that with acupressure and sound healing and people are able to, well, what actually happens is it changes the, um, the carbon dioxide and oxygen levels in the brain and it causes different connections. So it, yeah. co- it sure. combined with the acupressure, the verbal affirmations, the sound healing, the whole shebang you get, like when yeah. I'm working with someone, they get this um, ability to be able to integrate past events so if there's been a a negative event that some that may have happened they're able to then integrate that event rather than deny that it exists yeah yeah and okay and so we'll talk about that a bit later on then and i think that's really important yeah for for some of the listeners and i'm glad you mentioned the shamanic is that how you pronounced it when i saw it on your profile i thought yeah i'm not going to even try to pronounce that so (laughs) i'm glad you said that but it's interesting because I'm sure some of the listeners will be thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, this breathing stuff, I've heard about it all before. Yeah, how can breathing change the way you feel? Well, yeah, my answer to that, yeah, so I do this moving and breathing every morning. And at the end of it, yeah, when I listen to the recording, you know, the guy who's doing the recording always says, you know, how do you feel now? Do you feel different to what you did before? And you always do. Yeah. And I've had a few people in the past that say, oh, it's, you know, it didn't doesn't do anything for me that kind of stuff if you think breathing doesn't change the way you feel try stopping it yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know it doesn't yeah. work does it no. you know you try breathing really fast and very sh- short breaths for a long while and you'll soon you know mm. start to feel your head go funny so yeah mm. I, I completely agree with you breath is everything isn't it mm. it's that it, bottom yeah. level of the maslow hierarchy of needs isn't it? we need we need oxygen don't we yeah yeah it's, um, I mean, the Chinese uh, call it the chi, and it's yep. the breath of life. It's our life force energy, because yeah, without yeah. it, we don't have any life. Yeah. So it is the life force energy. And everyone's breathing pattern is completely unique. Okay. No two people yep. have the same breathing pattern. So at a few trade shows, I've done like breath analysis. So I've had people laying on the floor and just yep. allow them to just like decompress for a few minutes and then watch where their breath naturally rises and falls in their body. And, and I'm able to tell them about how they experience life. Okay. Um, from a, by, by looking at the patterns of breathing yeah, that they have. Huh? Yeah, because there's like where, the, so, you know, people that breathe more up in the chest and the shoulders tend to yeah. overthink things more. People yeah. that breathe in the solar plexus area you know tend to be very um self-willed very you know like i'll do it and can't let go of anything you know they and people that breathe do deep belly breathing but not you know there's nothing in the chest often are um you know like they they get um 
you know, they'll get walked over, basically. They're very creative, but get nothing done. Ah, so, okay. that, you know. Well, <laughs> so we're learning stuff already then. We, even st- we haven't even talked about the first drink yet. So before we started the recording, you mentioned, obviously, you know, you're drinking water at the moment, but your mm. your normal drink is is green tea. Tell us a little bit about the tea that you drink. But in particular, tell us a little bit about how you've been drinking tea already this morning. Because as we record this, you know, it's uh, mid-morning. You've already had quite a full morning with a network meeting. Tell us a little bit about the drinking and the uh, and the networking. Yeah, so um, I was subbing this morning for a plumber at a BNI meeting called Inspirations in, that's based in Beckenham in southeast London. Yeah. And so I had several cups of green tea um, and... I always find that because I I only actually drink a maximum of two cups a day anyway of tea and right. and then it's either water or or herbal teas that I drink. Yeah. So um I find that after two in quick succession I'm like yeah like so, I've been plugged into an electric socket. So what's the difference? And obviously these are online BNI meetings at the moment, mm. I assume, are they? Yeah. Um, I can't wait till we get back face to face. I must admit, I'm desperate to get back to face to face networking, um, purely because I'm made to a vegetarian. And at our BNI meeting, we have sausage and bacon cobs, so it's the only chance I get to go out once a week and uh, actually have some sausage. Which I'm really sorry if I've upset any vegetarians listening to this. Um, <laughs> but and they have chocolate muffins as well, which is another good reason. But uh, what's the difference between for you green teas and herbal teas? Because I would put from from my point, green tea wrongly with the sounds of it into the herbal tea bracket so just explain what you mean by the difference between the two so the herbal teas haven't got any theobromine or caffeine in and green tea has uh, theobromine in which is similar to caffeine um i mean obviously green tea's got lots of flavonoids and other things in i'm not and i'm not um you know uh, yeah i mean i drink uh lemon and ginger tea um fennel tea sage tea i like making my own uh herbal teas from uh plants in the garden see lemon lemon ginger is my favorite you know every morning i have a a honey and lemon and before i had the honey and lemon uh i used to drink lemon and ginger because it gets ginger's good at getting the digestive system going isn't it and kickstarting the body going for the day yeah I always give my um, clients a cup of lemon and ginger tea after a breathwork session because it's a, the ginger is also very grounding. Ah, okay, didn't know that. Mm. So, yeah. what's your what's your favourite herbal tea then? You know, uh, I usually ask people what their favourite coffee is, and obviously green tea is um, one thing. But what's your favourite herbal tea? Lavender. Lavender. Okay. Mm. And what's your favourite time? Is there a particular time of day that you drink that? Yeah, so I drink it in the evening. So I have a, yeah. normally have a pot of lavender tea. So it's the flowers. Yeah. I make it yeah. from the flowers. And does that just finish the day off and just calm things down mm. a bit like chamomile type tea, is it? Yeah, I, I, I don't like the taste of chamomile on its own. So um, there's a lot of, like, the there are some uh, that you can buy from the supermarket that got yeah. chamomile in. But I actually don't like the taste of it. Yeah. Um, I've never tried lavender though. I mean, I've got to lavender in the garden, but never, never tried lavender as a tea. Yeah, there's um, just in Shoreham, which is not far from here, there's lavender farms. 
and uh, uh, it's called Castle Farm. And they, yeah. you can buy lavender tea yeah. and that from there. And know, also from a place in Sussex. Now, one of the things uh, I keep bees, which is, uh, listeners, you can't see it, but don't because I've got quite a swollen neck at the moment. I had a swarm of bees. My bees swarmed on uh, Sunday and I got stung twice in the in the chin and i have uh, an anaphylactic reaction i don't have shock but i do suffer a little bit so all my neck has gone down i look like uh, professor clump i think uh, angela said off the nutty professor uh, but it's interesting that a friend of mine he moves his hives to a different estate and they're lavender mm. uh, fields and it gets a very distinctive taste in in the honey from mm. from the lavender as well so yeah, uh, yeah. But apparently yeah. there's a big market for it, lavender honey. Is there? Mm, yeah. I've not thought about lavender. And they do sell it at Castle Farm, actually, the lavender honey, because they've got yeah. lots of beehives around the outside of the yeah. fields. Yeah, well, apparently beekeepers, if they can get a pitch at a lavender farm or a lavender field, then it's quite prized because it comes with quite a high price and it's very good quality honey, apparently. Mm. So thinking about your your own business you know the diamond detective as you as you describe what's been the latest or most significant thing you've worked on in your own business um i've been for a lot of um evolution in the last couple of years so yeah and obviously having to transition online because of the obviously the economic the way things were during the last 18 months um that working out ways for having to transition were, yeah. was probably the biggest thing that I had to do and find ways to be able to deliver what I do yeah. so that people still had a really great experience. And that must be really difficult for the type of business you've got. And perhaps some of the listeners to this you know, can sympathise with that. You know, we talk about pivoting and mm. going online very easily because, you know, our, it, some trades some professions are very easy to do that but something that's very personal very sort of close contact must have been really difficult how yeah. how, how did you manage to overcome that then um practice okay <laughs> practice and implementation um yeah just keep refining keep tweaking keep refining i mean there's not any comparison in reality, between an online version and a, an in-person version, yeah, um, because there's a, an aspect of safety that must be considered in terms of the, you know, what happens during a breath workshop, you know, yeah. because people are releasing deeply physically held traumatic states, you know, they're actually releasing that energy, so mm. to be able to um, allow them to have a release but without the you know going taking them too far yeah yeah if you know what I mean so so there's there's the safety aspect was the biggest concern in the beginning so that so that person could actually be at home on their own and be at risk then by could. going through that so you've had to yeah. deal with with that change of circumstances because normally you would be there with them to yeah to, to help them right yeah okay. so um I was very careful about the type of, you know, like I would very go go quite into the, you know, their background in, yep. in term, because I wouldn't ever want to leave someone in a worse place 
than when I started for obvious yeah. reasons. You know, it just doesn't, um, it doesn't even bear thinking about, but it's mm. obviously something that I had to think about because, yeah. you know, like when I'm working with people in person, because of the work that I've done, I'm able to hold the space for, you know, really deeply traumatic events to be released from the energetic physical system of the body. So um, it, I've worked with people that have, you know, they've been uh, at adverse childhood events. Um, you know, they may have been in road traffic accidents or witnessed those things. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And witnessed some really severe events that yeah. throughout their life. And, and, and all that's like, you know, we live in a culture where you're told to suck it up, you'll get over yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and all pent no, up. Yeah, and, there, and there's no healthy way to express all that, and even mm. just normal everyday life, you know. And, and I suppose for, for many of us listening to you talk there, you, going online very often feels safer mm. because, you know, it's it certainly has been a safety issue because of covid so we've gone online actually to look after our well-being and our safety and our health haven't we yeah but actually to then have to work in an environment where potentially being distant from somebody mm. you know is is less safe then yeah that's an interesting thing to have to deal with so how's you've you've made this shift or making this shift i'm sure we're all a work in progress how's it been since because I mean, as you said it there, 18 months, I said that to somebody the other day and they said, 18 months, it's not been 18 months. Yes, it has. You know, this started you know, January, February 2020, mm. didn't it? And we're now in June 2021. Yeah. So yeah. how's it has it been after you've made this transition there? What difference has it made? Um, so the difference that it's made is from a geographic perspective. So I've got clients all, from all over the world. Um, and also I've been asked to contribute to different things as well, different conferences. Um, I'm actually doing a breath workshop at the uh, BNI National Conference on, uh, on the 11th of June. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, like I've been to festivals like before where I've had groups, you know, really large groups. So, you know, obviously that's not been able to happen. So all those things have all been done online. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not easy to say really how it's other than that. I have, I've just had to adapt the same as everyone else has. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question then. Well, we'll then. dig a bit deeper into that. If you had a choice to carry on as you are or to go back to the face-to-face -face as it was, which one would you go with? Um, definitely face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Um, there's still a place for the online, okay. um, but definitely I would say 80% in person and 20% yeah. online. Yeah. And, then, and I'm asking that one because I sensed there was a little bit of a sort of reluctance there in, in mm. the way that you're doing it. And I think for many of us, we feel like that. You know, I've been very fortunate that I've still been able to do uh, some face to face coaching. Mm. Uh, and I've moved most of my clients online and I actually want to keep them, most of them online, just purely from a, I can get so many more. Yeah. appointments done in a day i haven't got to worry about traveling i don't get stuck in traffic anymore i haven't got the fuel mm. costs anymore and i'm sure listeners you know you're, you're feeling the same but mm. for many 
you know, it's like we, we were talking earlier on about BNI. You know, my membership's up for renewal on the 1st of uh, July. And if it doesn't go back to face-to-face, I'm a bit on the fence. I love the online stuff. I love the fact that I haven't got to drive all the way into Lincoln to do the networking. But I miss the communication side of it. I miss mm-hmm. being able to see people before the meeting and arrange one-to-one straight after the meeting and actually physically meet people where mm-hmm. if we do it online... Yes, we can have a one-to-one after meeting, but then I've got to drive somewhere to do it. So I'd rather do it whilst we're there. So for me, yeah, yeah, BNI, I, I, I definitely want that to go back to to face to face. But in my own business, I'm quite happy to keep it the opposite way to you. I'm more eight percent stay online and just twenty percent of it face to face. Yeah, and I think everybody's got that different mix, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you can do, you know, you can increase your reach by. Yeah serving clients online then it can only be good and beneficial to all those that you serve you know like I can't you know you know there there are clients that would only ever want to do it online and and others that would only ever want to do it in person I mean I've had clients that have tried both ways so I've had some that came pre-lockdown and um you know they did the online ones and they're like no I don't you know, like it's not anywhere near yeah. the same, you know, they couldn't shut out all the distractions, you know, the, and because I can't hear what the distractions are in their house, I can't utilize them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like if there are distractions in, you know, that are going on where from where I work, I can utilize all that to help take people into a deeper space. Yeah. Um, whereas in when they're got their, video you know they've sometimes people even turn their video off because they don't want to be seen breathing and it's just like so I've had to do it really (laughs) or it's just looking at the ceiling which doesn't really help but they still get an experience if you know what I mean so it's interesting I was I was talking to a guy the other day and he he does uh, sales training online particularly Mm. to teams and what he has he's found something very interesting as well uh Austin and he said Sales training one-to-one is quite possible to do it online because you can see how people interact a little bit mm. more. I, I completely agree with you. And I, I've just personally purchased a new microphone and I've had the microphone so that it's one directional. It's not you know, omnidirectional. So it's not yeah. picking up background sound because I don't want it to pick up the birds squawking in the other room or the birds mm. tweeting mm. outside or dogs barking. I want it just to pick up me. Mm. So we through technology, we've become very isolated in the direction of those communications and those sounds haven't we which is quite interesting and and how we look yeah um, and he said that when it comes to sales training in teams impossible mm. or virtually impossible because you can't monitor all different people on different screens in these little windows in yeah. the same way um so yeah it's it's an interesting question offline or online and listeners mm-hmm. i'm sure you're having the same same quandary that yeah. we're all going through so Donna, if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson to take away from today, what, what would that tip or lesson be? What could people do something with? Do you know that there's, um, I would say, right, if you have everything you need already, it's just mm-hmm. about uncovering it. Okay. Everyone has everything they need within them. And whether that takes somebody else to help them to expose that one need or that need, yep. you know, the 
help them to take that leap forward or step you know outside of whatever they're normally doing but you know so a lot of the work that I've done uh, has made me realize that actually we don't come up with an idea or an inspiration to do something unless we've actually got the tools within to actually be able to do that yeah but immediately the mind says oh, oh what do you want to do that for or yeah you can't do yeah. that you know like and, and just find a way you know just or find someone to to walk with you you know like yeah. to to be able to help you to do that thing because quite yeah. often in those moments when we have that inspiration say oh that would be amazing if I could do that and then we follow it with all the bs and the drama that goes on between the ears yeah. <laughs> and, and talk and, ourselves out of it yeah so most of the listeners uh, listening to that will nod their head and they'll agree with it mm. and then they'll stop listening to this podcast and they'll do nothing with it if what would you say to those people who just need a little bit of guidance on the first step? What one thing could you give them where they can just take perhaps even a little step towards finding that that something that they've got inside of themselves? I would say to find somewhere quiet, mm-hmm. to uh, sit down with a journal and uh, to just really tune in to what their heart says. Because when when we tune into our heart, we're not in our heads. Yeah. Love it. And from the heart center, you know, we're able to then, you know, uncover more of what we want, more of what we want to do, more of what we want to have, more of what we want to be. So, um, yeah, to really get into that place, then you can uncover it. And then you can look for someone that can help you to walk beside you to do that work. Uh, and help you deal with all the head trash and everything else mm-hmm. that gets in the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. exactly. Yeah, I think the yeah. head trash is the worst thing ever that everybody has to deal with, and that's why I always call it liberating the fears living between the ears. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah, yeah, I love that. So can you just say that again for me? I, I, I don't want the listeners to miss that. Liberating the fears living between the ears. Ah, okay, great. So, yeah. And I think one of the things um, that you've mentioned there, Donna, for the listeners is really important is that if you're going to go out and find somebody, don't find somebody with the same head trash that you've got. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I see so many people have a great idea. They know they want to do something better. Mm. They go to find somebody who wants to help them. And you listeners are probably doing this right now. And then you find somebody who is just like you. You know, you find somebody who also doesn't believe it doesn't see it uh, and they just yeah they they're the worst they're the saboteurs aren't they they're the people mm-hmm. who really really don't get you on track so find somebody who can uh, liberate between what's mm-hmm. between your ears I like that that's good actually one of the um when I first started coaching and doing that business development yeah. coaching which I don't do anymore but uh, because I focus solely on the breath but I used to say like working with me was a bit like being held up by the ankles <laughs> and shaken while you're upside down and everything just falls out all over the floor <laughs> yeah what a great picture yeah yeah and then we start picking up all the bits you know like the bits that we want and leave the rest just sweep it to one side yeah yeah i love that yeah and uh, yeah i can think of a few clients i've done that with in the past <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's good fun but it can be you know it's a journey for everyone yeah. it's a process yeah. of letting go 
you know. So listeners, you've taken away there a great tip. And you know, when you've got something that you feel in your heart, as Donna said there, that is a great idea, something you feel you need to work on, something you need to do, something you need to start, do what Donna said. Find somewhere quiet, sit down and write it down in a journal. And mm-hmm. I, you know, if you haven't got a journal, then record it on your phone. Do something just to capture it, isn't it? That's the most important thing, yeah. just capture it. And journals yeah. are a great, great thing to do that with. I carry mine, mine around with me all the time now. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, capture it. Yeah. So, so Donna, how do, how do the listeners, you've given us some great things. I've filled up my post-it note um, with yeah, realisation that there's more to me than I realised. That's one of the things you said right at the beginning. Uh, I think you've challenged us to ask for the money, which is a great thing. Where do people go to find out more about you? And what do you, you know, is there anything you can direct people to? So I've got a website. It's just got a holding page at the moment because I'm I've been uh, adding services and changing some of the services that yep. I've been offering. So um, that's my name, DonnaSteel.com. Okay. Um, and also, you, I can be you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, as the diamond detective also on um facebook as well i'm on there it's either diamondology or the diamond detective okay and donna still is d-o-n-n-a-s-t-i-l-l correct dot com did you say dot com yeah yeah dot com yeah so uh, and i know you mentioned you've been the author of five books as well so can people get copies of those books is there content they can get from the website is that where they would best find it no they need to go to amazon for the books so okay. um they're all available on amazon yeah. um yeah there's two books of poetry one on communication one on mindset around weight loss right. and one that i did in collaboration with the napoleon hill foundation ah, based on the book oh, Think Grow rich yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh there's another podcast in uh, just on its own just on that isn't it so yeah. listeners you know You've got a couple of places there, LinkedIn, Facebook, or on the website, donnastill.com. Uh, and yeah, get a copy of uh, Donna's books. Go to Amazon and search for Donna Still, and I'm sure you'll find uh, the publications on, on there. So thinking about your dream location for your green tea, I asked you to think about this at the beginning. If you're going to have your green tea or your herbal tea in a dream location, Donna, for the listeners to be able to visualize it and put themselves into that that dream location, where is it going to be? And just tell the listeners a little bit about it. Do you know, I don't. I think it's more a place of you know somewhere where there's some water, there's yeah. uh, some you know greenery, there's you know it's just a balmy day like today. Yeah. You, you know, like, and you can just sit and you can just hear the wind in the trees and the water lapping on the shore, I suppose. I don't I don't know a place that I have been to in recent years that's, yeah. you know, that has all those things. I've seen images like places like Costa Rica and stuff, which yeah. sort of uh, spring to mind or Bali or, or even, I don't know, lots it, of it, places. But it's more that feeling of sitting somewhere where you've just got, you know, that you can hear the trees can yeah. really just connect with just being yeah it's, it's interesting because you you changed the picture for me i don't know listeners if you did the same because when you first mentioned water and greenery uh, i thought of my garden actually because mm. i've got a, a pond i love the 
the sort of the water yeah. feature where the water cascades down into the pond mm. um, greenery i've just bought this wind spinner that my wife got me to get at the weekend which nice certainly you can hear the wind although it, it must be slightly out of alignment because if it blows a certain way it clangs as well which is not particularly nice eh? um mm-hmm. but yeah that would be great but then you mentioned you flipped it then. So I've got this picture of something more country-based, countryside-based. <laughs> and then you mentioned sort of lapping up on the shore, which then took me straight to the coast. So, uh, mm. yeah, being on a Caribbean beach or some exotic place yeah. underneath a palm tree with the wind blowing, with the mm. the sea lapping yeah. onto the shore would be nice. I, I, I think we all strive for that. Yeah, I mean, it's like any... I think if we can just connect a being yeah. with, you know, and not having... You know, just give ourselves that time. I think anywhere where we feel at one with yeah. our surroundings is the perfect place to be. Yeah. And I think you've done something very important there for us, Don, as well, because you've all you've given us the ability to visualize that. And actually we can be anywhere and just close our eyes and picture that mm-hmm. copy and have our drink. Yeah. Have our yeah. herbal tea or green tea, or as I've got my Lungo coffee. Can do that right now. Yeah, you can. Anyone can do it. So thank you very much for imparting some knowledge. You know, um, listeners, this is always part of my mission to help people be more aware, better educated. We've had lots of that from Donna. So thank you very much, Donna. As always, I, I say thank you to all my guests for your time. Your time is very precious and we really value it. Listeners, you've got some great things to take away. Do something with it. Sit down, have that time and do something with it. You know, realize that there's more to you than you realize and you know, you've got everything that you need within you. Take that moment, as Donna said, and find it. And mm. who knows, some of the listeners might be able to do it on a beach, underneath a palm tree, listening to the water. If any of you can, please share that with us. But thank you very much for being a guest, Donna. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has indeed been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And listeners, uh, I trust that you know you will be grateful to Donna too, as well. Connect with her on LinkedIn, Facebook uh, and at a website, donnastill.com. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Bye.